How's it going, guys? My name is Will Holger, and I'm the host of the Willpower Podcast. And today we have a very special guest. His name is Dr. Sam Bakhtiar. And Dr. Bakhtiar is a $100 million CEO. And he came, he was an immigrant, and now he's a very wealthy CEO. And he is also CEO of a fitness franchising business that has over 100 locations. So it was an honor to have him on. So, Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, it's an honor and pleasure, Will. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Definitely. So to start off, I I like to ask my guests on the same question. Uh, so what motivates you to get out of bed every day to do what you do? So what motivates me to get out of bed and do what I do every day? That's what you what you want to know. Okay, so that's a great question. You know, um, two things. As an individual, as an individual, what gets me to get up every single day is for me to because I don't want to be average. I don't want to let life pass by. I want to get up and better myself in every way and every aspect of my life, whether it's mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally. I got to make sure that I'm better than I was yesterday. I was better than I last year. And this time next year, I'm going to be much better than I was today. You know, so for me, forward progress is what I love to do in life. I don't want to be average. I don't want to say the same. I don't want to just be the same person and do the same things over and over and over again. That's what makes me happy. And but on a deeper level, is really my children. You know, um, I think that um, we're not really uh, know what the definition of a man or a woman is until we have kids. When you love somebody above and beyond yourself, when you put somebody's uh, needs above and beyond yourself, when you jump in front of a bullet to save someone and, 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 and to sacrifice yourself without even thinking about it, that's when you really understand the meaning of life. And so for me is to get up there and being a great example for my children, uh, providing for my children and being there for them, it's all I need. Matter of fact, before I got in this podcast, between podcasts, I'm going out there like hugging my son, playing with my son. And uh, I don't, you know, these are the things that I really, really cherish. Man, yeah. I mean, that, that's really awesome to hear. And it's definitely a great purpose. And I love what you said about how you don't want to be average in life. And I think so many people, unknowingly, they settle for average because people tell them, you know, don't reach, don't try too hard at anything. Just follow what society tells you to do. But it's really great to see you actually making your own lane and succeeding so fast and so well in your own lane. And so, you know, where, where did you learn to develop that mindset where, you know, I'm not going to be average? And how, did, how were you able to actually follow through with that? Well, you know, at a very early age, my mom told me something that, you know, it's like in my core beliefs, it's like in my core values. My mom says, Sam, you can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want, as long as you are willing to work hard and are willing to put in the work. So I was always a, as a believer that as long as I put in my time, as long as I put in the work and I'm willing to outwork and not hustle everybody, I'm willing to pay the price, then... I'm going to eventually make it. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when until I put in the time. So with that comes, you know, time management and coming up with what I call a winning formula to do every single day to win one day at a time so that I can win one day at a time, which then, you know, leads to winning 
one week at a time, then one month at a time, then one year at a time, then a decade at a time. And after that, that's where success follows. Right. Yeah. And, you know, just like, like I said, I met you about, you know, two months ago and just seeing your discipline that you carry with you every day. I mean, it's absolutely insane. And the way that you, you go through each day with your morning routine and how every day is filled out with no white spaces, like you say, I mean, it's, it's just incredible. And so for people that don't know, I mean, what is your morning routine that you follow every day? Well, my morning routine is to get up in the morning. I have to start working out first, you know, and um, once I start working out right now, I spend some time with, with, with my children, you know, and, and then, you know, do my work, do my reading. So, you know, all day is really, you know, divided into three sections. You know, which is family time, work time, and health time. That's it. In every awakening hour that I have is dedicated to three things. And uh, that's all I want to do. You know, and that's, the, you know, that, that's, that, you know, that's, you know, I know that those are my core values. That's where I'm going to be best at. And that's how I spend my time every single waking hour. Right. Yeah. And so for people, you know, that they don't really follow that, they kind of just have, like a day where you know the day kind of dictate dictates their life for them so do you would you say that it's bad you know to have time to like watch tv for an hour and stuff like that or do you think you know you, you really need to be focused 24 hours a day well here's my here's my um goal i mean look if you look at how much we sleep right we sleep what eight hours a day this is on the average and most people work you know uh, work eight hours a day and by the time you figure time we need to eat, you know, the time to figure time we commute, you really have really about seven or eight hours of productive time in your life, in your lifetime. What do you want to do with those seven or eight hours, seven or eight years of just productive time? Do you want to waste it on TV? Well, you can. But to me, if you if you're not really hit your goal, you're not where you want to be in life. Why would you want to waste it? Why would you want to waste time? Right, right. Yeah, you know, like I said, I feel like so many people do waste their time every day, and you know, especially me. Like in my life, like before I started taking your course, I really was unknowingly just going through life. Like I said, just you know, waking up at like seven o'clock, and now like I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, you know, I'm wasting so much time. If I really want to get to that one percent. Like you said, I mean, you got to outwork everyone around you. You got to be the first one up in your neighborhood. And that, you know, kind of motivates me. And, you know, it kind of goes back to what you said about being average because, you know, I'm so afraid of being average as well. And, you know, that kind of aligns with my purpose. And so that kind of motivates me as well just to get up early and, you know, follow through with my daily goals and stuff like that. And so, you know, I really love your motivation and your mindset and how you carry that with you every day. So I kind of want to jump back into your personal life story. So, I mean, where did you grow up and when did you come to America? Let's just start there. Well, I was born in Iran, which is a third world country. And we were, um, you know, uh, at, when I was three years old, we went to war with Saddam Hussein in Iraq and we were getting bombed on every night. And also when I was three years old, my father left us, you know, and uh, so that was my beginning. We came to the United States when I was 11 years old with $500, a single mom and a luggage. We didn't know anything, you know, anything about how America worked, you know, but through, you know, uh, hard work, perseverance, and through the, the 
great opportunity that this country provides, we are where we are today. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so when, when you came to America, basically, I mean, like, what lessons and stuff were you able to learn from your childhood? I mean, like you said, you had no father really to support you at all. You know, you came to America at a young age and your mom was basically the only one really supporting you. So what were some of the lessons that you came out with, with that situation? The, the lesson I came out with in that situation is that you're in control of your life. Not your mom, not your dad, not your country. You know, if you don't like something, you have two choices. Either accept it or change it. You know, and uh, like Jim, I think it was Jim Rohn says, you know, if you don't like something, you know, you don't like, to be, you're not where you want to be. Move. You're not a tree. You're not stuck. So that's what I've learned in life. You know, not having a dad. You know, I didn't even make, you know, use that as an excuse not to go anywhere. You know, you know, coming from a third world country, you know, being poor, you know, not speaking the, speaking the language. You know, I didn't use that as an excuse. I just got up every day, had a plan together. I stuck to my plan and uh, here, here we are. Right. Yeah. And so another great thing I, I really love about you is that, you know, you said in high school that you were picked on and stuff like that because of how skinny you are and how like, you know, you weren't as like a physical monster like you are now, basically. And now, you know, you're just, you know, you're really strong and, you know, you've won many things like with your body and stuff like that. So, you know, how did you how did you go from that transformation in high school where, you know, you're that skinny, scrawny kids now being this, you know, jack guy that really has just done it all in his life? Well, bro, it's just like anything else, man. You put a plan together, you stick to that plan, whether you feel like it or not. You know, of course, like, you know, every, you know, most people will be like, man, okay, man, I got to build my body. I got to build my body or I want to lose weight. I want to do this. I want to make money. And they do it for a week or two weeks or one month or two months and they quit. You know, you, you know, you call me like, you know, oh, you see this muscular body right now. Well, guess what? It's, I've been literally working out now for 32 years. Jeez. I'm, and I mean, 32 years of weekly workouts. I there's haven't been a week that I missed. Mm. Not not yeah. one week that I missed and not too many days that I missed. If I have didn't go to the gym, I'll do something. I go for a walk. I'll do something, you know, but it's been 32 years of consistent working out. So it wasn't like, oh, my God, I got jacked in a year or two years or anything like that. No, it's, it's called, you know, it's called compound effect. You know, you yeah. do a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit like compound interest. You know, you save a little bit of money at a time, a little bit of money at a time over there, over some time. It compounds to a lot of money. And same thing with. You know, my body right now or anybody wants to build a body or build wealth is just little tact actions taken daily that compounds the big results over time. Right. And so would you recommend working out daily? Because, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that have workout plans. It's really only working out like three days a week and stuff like that. But you said, you know, you do work out just about daily and it's, you know, it's really rare that you do miss a day. So, so why would you recommend working out daily? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you pee every day? Yeah. Do your heart beat every day? Yeah. Do your lungs beat every day? Do you eat every day? Do you, do you, do you skip a couple of days of not eating? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, so for me, you know, workout is movement. Movement is life. You know, 300 years ago, when you were hungry and you wanted to eat, what did you have to do? Was yeah. it, were there grocery stores? Were there food available? No, there weren't, right? So 300 years ago, when you wanted to eat and you were hungry, guess what you had to do? You had to go catch your food. 
You have to go right. catch that chicken. You have to go get that cow. You have to go, you know, climb up a tree and you know get some coconuts, whatever that was that they were doing back then. Now all of a sudden, food didn't appear out of a blue sky. You didn't just call Instacart and food just came, or you didn't call Pizza Hut or Domino's and just pizza came. You had to go get it. So food and movement were going hand in hand. But right now, it's not because, and now that's why you see the rise of cancer and all these illnesses and all kinds of stuff because we're not moving. We're not moving and we're eating more and food is just more available right yeah yeah I, that, that makes sense so so definitely work out daily that's what you're recommending which is awesome and like i said yes. like it's just incredible about how you were able to continue with this workout plan like ever since you were in high school and how you've been doing it like you said for over 30 years and that's honestly impressive because i know a lot of people that can't say they've done anything for 30 years in a row daily so that that's really awesome to hear so I can't believe you, it either. But it, it, yeah. I can't believe it either. Yeah. So back when you were in high school, I mean, when you were like a senior, what was your plan? Were you did you just want to start your business right out of high school, or do you want to go to college? Well, I have no choice. My mom said if I'm, you know, if I want to be successful, I need to become a doctor. So, um, so growing up, my mom said, you know, you have to be a doctor, and I wanted. I was very interested in bodybuilding, you know, muscles, bones, you know nutrition, biomechanics. So I researched what doctor has to do with the things that I was most interested in. And I was a chiropractor. So I went to Penn State, got my pre-medicine nutrition degree. I went to Los Angeles College of Chiropractic to get my doctorate in chiropractic. But I was never had an intention of practicing as a chiropractor because I always wanted to open up my own gyms. And um, and once I got my degree, I gave it to my mom. And oh, I started opening up my gyms. And my first gym was open right here in Chino in the uh, year 2000. February 15th of 2000. Awesome. So, I mean, if you could go back, would you do college again or no? I think college has taught me a lot of things, a lot of intangibles. You know, I think college is great for you to learn some basic lessons if you haven't learned them. Is college right. necessary for success? Absolutely not. But guess what is? Being punctual, being able to work under pressure, being uh, able to work in a group, being, um, you know, having having to be able to meet deadlines, those are skills that you learn in college. And but if you have those skills already built, those fundamental skills already built, then no, okay, it's not essential. But you okay. need those skills in college. College teaches you those skills. That's very interesting. And so you know, like you said, you went to college, you got your degrees, and so did you start your business while you were in college or after you graduated from college? Well, after I graduated from college, but while I was in college, I was I was doing personal training, you know, and I was you know you know working on my craft, working on not only you know for my clients and getting them in best shape of their life by you know reading and, and studying in school and seeing what what works and and also applying it to myself on my bodybuilding career, you know um, you know I was working on my craft, I was working on getting better at what I was going to do later on in life. Awesome. And so, you know, when you did start your business, what did you, was it successful right away or did you go through some bumps and stuff that was kind of like letting you down and like making you think that, oh man, I can't do this? Business is never successful right away. You know, you know, especially when you first get started, there's going to be bumps on the road. There was ups and downs. And even today, you know, I have obstacles. Right now we're in COVID-19. All my gyms are shut down. You know, mm -hmm. so when you have a business, you know, you have to be, you have to have thick skin. You have to learn that. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. I don't care how small. I don't care how big. 
just like life has its seasons, business has its seasons. You're going to have good times. You're going to have bad times. You have good year. You're going to have bad year. You're going to have good months. You're going to have bad months. You know, as long as you are always, you know, pushing forward, willing to improve, assessing, making adjustments, and uh, you know, uh, looking at the trends of how things are going, you can make the right adjustments and and be relevant. Right, and like you said, I think it is important for you know a business to be able to pivot and to adjust. As you said, not every business starts off successful right away. And like you said, you know, you had some bumps in the road for your business. And, you know, so another thing that I learned about you was that, you know, the recession in 2008 also really hurt your business. You almost went bankrupt. So, I mean, what did you learn coming out of that recession in 2008? I've learned to, to, to manage my money better. I learned that there is seasons in life. I learned that when things are good, there's not always going to be good. And I always got to rain for, I always got to save for a rainy day. I always have to uh, save for what I call the winter season. It's not always going to be summer, you know, and that's what I learned. And, and, that, and that's what I wanted to, uh, want everyone to know. Right now we're in COVID-19, know this, things are going to get better. I don't know when, nobody knows when, but you can't quit. You can't give up. You can't, you know, you know blame COVID-19. You can't blame anything. You have full control of your life. Get up every single day, make adjustments, move. I'm going to be good. Yeah. And, you know, I really, I really like that. And I think a lot of people, you know, they start something and then it didn't really work out for like a year, maybe, or even a year and a half They start getting depressed. And then, you know, like you said, some bumps come along the way and they're thinking about switching businesses entirely and stuff like that. So, I mean, when can someone realize that, okay, this isn't going to work now I'm going to switch or, you know, I just got to keep going through this and, you know, one day things will get better and I will be successful. So how can people determine the difference? It's really up to that individual. You know, uh, for me, you know, I don't like anything else. I, you know, I love fitness industry is my life. Fitness industry and human performance has always been my life. So right. when the things were going bad in 2008, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that, you know, okay, man, maybe, maybe I should, uh, you know, maybe I should, uh, you know, jump ships and be a realtor. You know, that's, that, that's not, that's never been my passion, you know, and right. to me, you know, uh, I don't want, I don't want to be and do something no matter for what price, if I'm not passionate about it, if I don't like it, you know, not at this point in my life. Right. So, you know, everything that I read, you know, everything that I read is either about, you know, nutrition, about working out, about, you know, bettering yourself. I'm all about transformation business. And transformation, what I mean by transformation is better yourself in all areas of life, whether it's through faith, fitness, uh, finance, fun, you know, uh, family. You've got to be able to able to progress every single day. So that's what I'm all about. Right. And like you said, you know, you, you do that by reading books every day. So I'm just curious, like, what would you like? What would what would be the top five books that you would recommend for people to read in order to, to get the like the best self development? Okay, so top five books. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm going to tell you this right now: How to Win Friends and Influence People. You know the magic of thinking big. Um, what to say to yourself when you talk to yourself? Uh, I like the book Traction for Business. And I would say start with why with uh, with Simon Sinek. All right, that's awesome. And so, I mean, would you say that? Well, actually, I want to ask you because now I'm curious. How many books do you read per year? You know, I aim at a hundred. 
Jeez. And I, I, I almost never do that. I almost never do that. I almost fell short. And I remember when I aimed at 52, I almost fell short. So now I'll aim at 100. So if I come short and I, and I at least did 52, how's that? <laughs> wow, that's insane. So, so, so I usually end up like somewhere around 60, 65 or 70, you know, but I aim at 100, you know, so I, so I try to one week to listen to one audio book and finish one physical book. How many hours do you read per day then to, to make that work? I read about an hour and a half a day and I listen to a, an audio book about two hours a day. Oh my word, that's... But that's I do really... it while I walk. I do it while I'm working out. So, right. so it's not like I'm sitting on the couch listening to it. You know, I'm working out while I'm doing it. When I'm, yeah. when I'm, when I'm driving while I'm doing it. So I'm, so I'm multitasking. I'm, I'm able to do two things you know, at one time. Man, that's awesome. That's actually an insane amount of books. And I can't believe it actually is that high. But I guess the average CEO does read like 52 books a year. That's what I've heard anyway. So I mean, I guess that would make sense. So I mean, well, look, I, I, I work out, I work out a few hours a day. What do you want me to do? Listen to Dr. Dre for the 50th time? You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind listening to music every once in a while. But if I'm listening yeah. to the same old music over and over and over again, why don't I just listen to something new? Maybe, right. maybe I get it. Maybe I get a nugget, nugget or two out of it. It's just managing right. your time and doing doing the right thing. Yeah, and, and like you said, I think a lot of people they say they don't have time to read, but like you said, I mean, the transition time between you know inventing your day, like when you're driving or you know, you're just doing stuff like walking around and stuff like that. I mean, you can do so many other things during that time, like you said, like listening to an audio book or something like that, and that can you know really help you propel your life, in my opinion. Um, yes. So. So I'm so I'm just looking at your life here, and you know you became such a huge success over time, and it's awesome to see everything you've done. So, what is something that you know you have failed at? Oh if man, I, I failed at everything. <laughs> I failed at everything. What do you mean? My whole life has been a series of failures. You know, it's funny because people people think that I haven't failed at anything. I failed at everything, every single thing. I failed at business. I failed at marriage. I failed at investments, you know, I failed at relationships. I failed at every single thing that you can possibly think about. You know, you know, the difference is that I kept going. I didn't let the failure define me. You know, you talk to anybody who's successful, you're going to see that their success has been a series of failures. You know, so, uh, so I'm, I'm a, I'm first and foremost, I'm going to tell you, I'm a huge failure, a huge failure and so many different things in life. You know, that's why I'm where I'm at. You know, you yeah. can't you can succeed without failure. You know, Michael Jordan didn't become Michael Jordan without failure. You know, Mayweather didn't become Mayweather without failure. Muhammad Ali didn't become Muhammad Ali without failure. Nobody became great without failing and failing and failing and no matter what craft they did. Right, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if you think that you're a failure, then what's that say about everyone else in the world? So I don't put that out there. So, um yeah, that's that's crazy. And so, you, like you said, I mean, failures come every day and people need to learn how to, you know, adjust from them and just learn to keep on pushing through them instead of giving up and quitting. Yeah. And so how can actually how can people learn to just realize that, you know, failing is just one bump in the road and that it's a necessary step that they need to go through in their life? I mean, failure is a prerequisite to success. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're not going to hit a you're not going to hit a home run the first time you swing. Right. And nobody, no, nobody, you know, nobody hits a home run. Nobody, nobody scores a touchdown the first time to run the ball. 
So you have to understand that life is a series of failures that's going to get you closer and closer to your main goal. You know, the, the difference between somebody who who fails and stays a failure is their ability to is the ability to get back up and keep going. A person who quits in their failure is the who, who remains in failure. Right. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I really like about your life is that, you know, you were able to take so many risks and you weren't really afraid to take the risk. I mean, you did them and it turned out well for you in the long run. I think a lot of people nowadays, you know, they're afraid to take that risk. Like I just did a, my last podcast episode was, you know, about college and how kids are more okay with spending $60,000 and going in debt than spending like $1,000 on a course from a top CEO that can like really transform your life in like a couple of months. So that's just crazy. But you know, the whole thing is that people are kind of afraid to take those risks. And so I'm just curious, like, how can people know that, you know, like, I need to take this risk in my life? And how can they, like, learn to differentiate between risks that they need to take and risks that they shouldn't take? Well, anytime you, there is a risk involved, right. you know, you really write down what's the best thing that can happen, what's the worst thing that can happen on each side. You write, you, you draw a line. And if what the best thing can happen outweighs the, what the worst thing that can happen, then is a then is a good risk to take. Very simple. You know, you're talking about buying a course. Pretty much everybody, when you have a buy, buy a course, they have a money back guarantee. Mm-hmm. So if you t- if you buy the course and you don't really like it, or you don't you don't think you're getting anything out of it, worst case scenario, you know, say hey man, this didn't work for me. Get your money back. You know, right. uh, but not not doing anything, taking an imperfect action is is better than taking no action at all. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so like you said, like, you know, there are money back guarantees and stuff like that, and there should be calculated risk. So, I mean, why are people so afraid to just take that jump to actually change their life for the better? Yes. Fear of failure. Fear of failure is the number one thing that cripples people. You know, the fact that people say, okay, this is not going to work. Oh, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to do that. The fear of failure is that is a dream killer. Always has and always will be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that, especially in my life. I mean, there's definitely been times when I think I probably should have taken a risk, but I didn't because of that fear of failure and because of the financial side of things. But I mean, I guess, like you said, you got to put out, like, calculate, like, the risk and reward ratio for whatever you're going to do. So in your life, I mean, I mean, you're, you're really successful where you're at right now, and you're helping so many people along the way. You have a great purpose. So I'm just curious, like, what do you want your legacy to be in the long run? My legacy, I wanted to be known as somebody who made a dent in the universe. You know, you know, I did something and helped people. At the end of the day, man, you know, after it's all said and done, at your funeral, you want people to come like, hey, man, he was a great man. He really helped my, he really changed my life. He really helped me. The more people you can reach, the more people that you can actually help them change and change their life for a better, you know, that, that's going to be your legacy. At the end of the, and then that's all you have. It's not the money. It's not all of that kind of stuff. It's what you leave on this earth after you leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, I mean, when you, when you first came here, I know that you said before about how you wanted to have like, all these fancy cars, the big house and stuff like that, which you do now. And that's awesome. And so, I mean, being, being an immigrant, I mean, what is your perspective about the American dream now? 
I think the American dream, first of all, is very much alive. This is the greatest country in the world. You know, we have more opportunities in this country than anywhere else. That's why everybody wants to come to United States of America because of all the opportunity it provides. You know, and has, has, you know, I wouldn't be able to do this in my former country. That's for sure. So I owe it yeah. all to this great country, the opportunity it provides. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you live in America and you're struggling, what do you think you're going to do in Bangladesh? What do you, going to, you think you're going to do in the Philippines? How do you think you're going to do in Iraq? So if you're struggling in the greatest country in the world and the greatest economy in the world, well, good luck, bro. You ain't going to make it nowhere else. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. I mean, that's very powerful. That is definitely powerful. And so, I mean, like I said, I mean, you, you're so successful nowadays and you really have everything that you wanted. And so, like, what's your motivation, you know, to just keep on grinding at the same pace, like after, you know, you've already made it and stuff like that? That's a great question. That was, what is my motivation to keep going? You know, my motivation to keep going is, like I said, fear of being average, fear of not, you know, not having it all, fear of staying the same, fear of not improving, fear of, you know, next year being the same place that I am today. You know, I'll say this before and I say it again. You know, we as humans, we're at the top of the food chain. We beat elephants, tigers, you know, lions, dinosaurs. Even though we're a lot smaller, we are able to beat them because we have the ability to think and to pivot and become a better version of ourselves every single day and every single year. We put a man on the moon. The tigers didn't. You know, we invented the electricity. The lions did it. We invented the car and the planes and all that kind of stuff. No other species has done that because we have the ability to adapt and get better and to think. And if you're not doing that, you, if you're the same person you were last week, if you're the same person you were last year, you know, again, guess what? You know, you, you are disrespecting your creator. You're disrespecting the person who put you on this earth because they give you the ability to become better and you didn't take advantage of it. My dog that's right here in front of me, you know, it is the German Shepherd that was 500 years ago is the same German Shepherd it is today. But guess what? Even 50 years ago, our humans are different than our 50 years are right now. Yeah. That's, that's very powerful. And people need to, like you said, adapt and really take control of their lives. And, you know, so many people struggle with that. But like I said, I mean, you've been able to do that. You've been so successful throughout your life. And it's such an awesome story seeing that you were an immigrant from Iran, started out with nothing. Now here you are as a $100 million CEO and you're leading the way for so many people, which is so great to hear. So before we run out of time, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to say? No, bro. I, I'm just honored to be in your presence, honored to be on your show. Thank you for having me, man. And, you know, the one thing that I want to let people know is Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. And what it means that tough times don't last. Tough people do. So when things are good, they're not always going to be good. You know, life has its seasons. You're not always going to be, you know, making a lot of money. You're not always going to be you know, at the top, you know, always have the greatest relationship. You're not always going to be in the best place of your life. And you're also not going to be all at your worst place in life. So when you, when things are good, you know, be prepared for when things are going to get bad. And when things are bad, have faith that things are going to turn around. And all you have to do is keep going and persevere. Man, yeah, that is so powerful. And I really appreciate you sharing all this great content with us today.
All right, guys, there you have it. Sam Bakhtiar, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, Will. This episode was sponsored by Ruben Alvarez from In For The Kill podcast. Check out his YouTube channel for product reviews, mindset videos, and interviews. Nothing that we